Hello everyone, welcome back to the Film Basic Podcast brought to you by Clap and Load Studios. My name is John, as always, I will be your host today. Uh, lovely to see you all back here again. Uh, so today we've got a kind of relevant, very relevant topic, I think, actually, to talk about. Um, particularly in the kind of age where social media is so important, particularly for us kind of creative types, you know, photographers, videographers, whatever else. Your, your Instagram, particularly, is kind of your business card. So people will typically go there and that's what they'll judge your work on. And in that kind of era where it's so important to maintain, you know, get all get as many likes as you can, try and, you know, work the algorithm to your favor. I think the important topic we need to talk about is maintaining creative courage and what that means. So buckle up, maybe get yourself a snack, because today we're talking about creative courage. All right, so what is creative courage? Well, I would describe it as basically not being shoehorned by what something or someone is trying to get you to do. Um, and it's not the same as picking a niche. You know, when you are starting out, you have to pick a niche. So you can't say, oh, I am, say, photographer. So I am a wedding photographer. I'm also a portrait photographer. I'm also a landscape photographer. And I also do events. I also do film photography. You can't do all these things because then people will kind of think, like we talked about in one of the previous episodes, that you're a jack of all trades and master of none. And that is, that's really bad. So you have to choose a niche and choosing a niche is not the same thing as being creatively limited. But what I think is so important is that you should be able to maintain the ability to do what you want to do and not be really kind of shoehorned or forced into this one really specific niche because something or someone tells you to. So at the moment, every creative person that I know um, is trying to game the Instagram algorithm, okay? Because Instagram is in many ways your business, like I said in the intro, it's your business card and for many people. So, you know, if, if you're a photographer, people don't really want to see books anymore. Like, you know, usually you'd print out your your pictures, you'd bring them into a, a, a kind of a binder and you'd show that. And that does happen still for more kind of um, corporate clients or that kind of stuff. But for regular people, you know, if you are trying to sell yourself as a portrait photographer, they don't want to, they don't want you to sit down with them and show them a book of stuff. They want to go to your Instagram and see what you've done and have it be kind of convenient for them. But the problem is that people will, they'll try to make sure that their, and rightly so, that their stuff gets as many views as possible. And if you say, if you start off your Instagram account, for example, and you say, okay, I'm going to start posting pictures of landscapes as you know golden hour or whatever you're going to do um then instagram will start showing you that content to people who want to see landscapes at golden hour um and then you'll find you know you post that and you think oh i did pretty well okay i'll post another one does pretty well okay great this is this is this is lovely great and you're building yourself an audience and that's that's wonderful that's great but then you'll find usually that if you post a picture that's uh say a, a portrait or if you post a picture that's you know uh of an an interview setup you did the other day or whatever you're doing, that that content won't get pushed to the same people. And Instagram will almost kind of penalize you for not posting the same thing you've been posting up to this point uh, because you've kind of trained the algorithm to work that way for your account. Um, so it doesn't know what to do with this new content. So that really dissuades people from doing other stuff. It kind of really gets them focused and shoehorned into this one niche and that's a really 
kind of dangerous thing because it doesn't let you, you kind of then start to feel scared to try new things and to do stuff you wouldn't otherwise do. And I feel like it definitely, it's not the case so much when there's not social media involved. I think it's the, the fact that everything nowadays is so public and it's all so focused on trying to get as many eyeballs and as many likes on your content as possible that it's really hard to to detach yourself from that. And if you spend all your time trying to game the algorithm, trying to make sure that your content gets shown, because that's what I have to do. Like the, con- the content you're putting up, if you don't tag it right or you don't put in the right uh, keywords or the right whatever, it's not going to get shown. And that's the way these platforms work. You know, they limit the amount of reach you can have based on what you're doing. And if you're doing the right tagging, the right keywording, the right description, the right caption, if you have, you know, people tagged in your pick, whatever. It's all these different factors go into how your content gets shared. And to be honest, that's not my area of expertise. I'm not going to claim that I'm an expert in that area, but there's a load of different factors that go into where and how your content gets shown to your audience. And, you know, it's, you know, you can have 100,000 followers and you can only have maybe 20,000 of them, if even, see your content, maybe even only 10,000 see your content. Um, so it's really, it's, it's an always an uphill battle against these algorithms for Instagram and for Facebook and for whatever else, YouTube as well, whatever you your platform of choice is, there's always a kind of learning curve and you're trying to battle that algorithm, or trying to make that algorithm work for you rather than work against you. So that's what we all have to do these days because that's how our industry has kind of gone. Like I said, everything is so, um, it's so focused and so drawn towards social media that we kind of can't, we can't ignore it. So when you spend all that time trying to make sure that your content is, uh, you know, optimized for whatever engine you're on, it really, if you put up something and you think this is a great picture, uh, you know, maybe it's not what you usually do, but it's a great picture and you're really proud of it. And then you, you go from getting an average of, you know, maybe a thousand likes to getting 25. You know, even if the image is the best image you've ever, you've ever made, the looking at that on your feed and thinking, okay, well, 25 likes when I usually get a thousand, that's like, what's gone wrong here? People will usually, and it's a perfectly understandable uh, thing to say, or thing to think is that people will think that the content they put out was only worth 25 likes and not worth a thousand likes. And that will mean that they won't do it again. And it's really, it's, it's tough because we're always trying to sell ourselves to somebody or trying to sell our content to somebody. Um, you know, if you are a portrait photographer, I know I'm talking about photography a lot, but that kind of is, I suppose, uh, the area that I think is most affected by Instagram. Uh, so if you're trying to sell yourself as a, as a uh, portrait photographer, for example, uh, you're always trying to make sure that the stuff on your feed is consistent and is in your style and is going to make somebody who looks at it, who wants headshots, think, yeah, I'll get this person to do my headshots. That's what you're trying to do all the time. And it is really hard to to justify doing something that you don't think is going to get that reaction. Because that's the whole point of your Instagram, pretty much. Your whole point is to uh, make a kind of, not an ad, but kind of like a, you know, a billboard for your stuff, in a sense, where people will look at it and they'll go, that's really good. I like his style. I like her style. I like what she's doing. I like what he, whatever. And then they'll contact you and then you'll get a, you'll get a job from that. Um, so it is really hard to not, to do something that you don't think is going to get that reaction. And if it doesn't get that reaction, then we typically think, okay, well, I won't do that because people don't like it and I'll just stick to what I'm used to. But the more and more you do that, the harder it gets to actually break out of that thought process. 
you know, for, for example, right, I know some guys um, who work in TV stations, so they work uh, in whatever role in a national broadcaster or TV station or whatever it is. And these jobs are very often jobs for life. You know, unless you retire, you're ha- you have that job as long as you, you have it, pretty much. Um, and a lot of these guys, they're still using legacy equipment. Like, they're still using, you know, Zaxcom tape recorders or they're using old equipment because they don't want to learn how to use the new stuff um, because they what they have works for them and they're just kind of happy with that and whatever. But in reality, if they didn't have this job that they've been in for the last 25 years, they wouldn't be hired by anybody because nobody is going to hire somebody who is so out of touch with kind of modern um, usage and, and modern technology and modern processes. But this person, because that works for them and because you know, their job is to go in, record this or that, or, you know, whatever their job might be on this TV station, because their job is to go in and do that, they use the equipment that they know and that they have, they have no reason to to change. Because, you know, if they say, okay, I'm going to put aside the old Zaxcom recorder, I'm going to bring in something else, I'm going to go fully digital, and then something goes wrong, then they're in real trouble. You know, what if they lost footage or lost audio for something that they shot? You know, that that's that's a big problem. So, of course, they don't want to test the water because if they do and something goes wrong, then their their job is potentially on the line because, they, you know, if they're doing news, for example, if they're shooting news and they decide, okay, we're going to go for a new camera and we're going to use new media or whatever else and we're going to do this new process for the first time on, jo- on the job. If they lose something, they are in real trouble. So it makes sense that, of course, they just stick with what they know and they um, they don't try and branch out. But... For most of us, where we're not in jobs for life like that, we can't do that. So let's say, for example, you're recording sound for a film or a documentary or whatever it might be, uh, and you usually work as a one-man band, and you just have your boom pole, and that's about it, and you don't use lavalier mics because you think that they're too much trouble or whatever they might be, or you're just scared to try and learn how to do them and take the time to learn how to use them. That's fine as well. But if that's the case, there's only so much you can scale up, because if you get to larger productions and they want you to be your, their, um, you know, lead sound recordist or their lead sound engineer, whatever it might be, and you say, okay, but I don't work with second boom operators, I don't work with lavalier mics, they're going to say, well, why not? You know, like, we need you to, we're, we're not doing a shoot with just one boom, we have 17 characters to mic up, or we're doing, you know, uh, a commercial project where we have to have a bus, we have to follow a bus and have a lot of wireless mics in the bus to record all the sound, we can't lav individual people, we can't have boom mics, so pretty much you just can't do the job because you haven't got the know-how to do the job. And if you don't adapt and try and always improve your own skill set and move with the times, then you're going to get left behind. And people are going to say, well, we're not going to hire that guy or that girl because they don't know how to use lav mics or they don't know how to do this or that. So you have to kind of always adapt to what's coming next and not just stick with what you know and and work with that because eventually you'll just fade into the background and that's not what any of us want to do. So one example I always look at for insane creative uh, courage is Miles Davis, you know, the, the jazz trumpet player. Um, because Miles Davis, if you look at his kind of, his career, and even just his personal life during his career, he was always moving forward. So, you know, he started off in his big first album was 1949, The Birth of the Cool, which was um, a real kind of step sideways from what people were typically doing at the time it was this kind of you know more classically inspired stuff with more arrangement more horns this kind of stuff but what happened with miles is that he would always kind of be one or two steps ahead so people would say hey you want to hire miles for this thing hey can you just play that thing you played on your album like two years ago 
but he was always doing something new. He would he would never he would never do the same thing he had just done. Um, and it's really it's it's impressive really when you look at it because he pioneered so many different styles and so many different things that became the norm in a sense. Um, and it's all because he just he didn't do what people asked him to do. He did what he wanted to do. And if it, you know, it, there was some stuff of his that was really, really unpopular. And, um, you know, there was a few times where people were thinking, well, he's probably lost it now. He's, 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 he had his time. He's done now. He's gone off the rocker. He's whatever. That's the end of it. But then he'd always come back because people didn't know that he was just ahead of the game. So whatever your opinion on jazz music itself is, that's a whole different story. Don't need to get into that. But the person and the the innovator that Miles Davis is is really someone to look at because he was always doing new stuff despite what people would say about it and that's the thing I think we should all try and do because if he had just stayed in the same style that he played in that first Birth of the Cool album in 10-20 years people would have been like yeah he had his one hit wonder but now he just did the same thing over and over again people got bored so it's a really fine balance between doing something you're known for and doing it to the point where people get bored of it. You know, if you, you know, okay, let's just go back to the photography example, right? So if you are a portrait photographer, you know, if you always do, you know, mid headshots against a gray background with the same lighting, it'll look consistent and you'll be known for that look, but it will get boring. So what you got to do is you have to, Inside that niche of headshot photography or portrait photography, whatever you're doing, vary it. You know, maybe do some in in port in studio, some on on location. Do some against different backdrops. Use different lighting. Maybe do makeup or special effects makeup, that kind of stuff. You can still have a continuous or a consistent look and feel to your content while not having it be the exact same content. And that's kind of the case of Miles Davis, where he he was still playing jazz. Like he didn't. I mean, yes, in the 60s, he went to kind of more fusion stuff, but it was still jazz. It wasn't like he went from playing jazz to playing rock to playing country. It was all in the same general area of jazz, okay? And he just changed the the definitions and the meanings and the approach within that. So you can be a portrait photographer, but how do you vary what you do inside that moniker of portrait photography to make it interesting? So that you still have a consistent look, but also have enough variety to keep people interested. And I think, you know, the ability to, I mean, usually if you are a working photographer or working working anything, you know, and you have a day off, people usually say, oh, why don't you just shoot something you want to do? And that's because you don't want to touch your camera at all. You're just like, I'm done for the time being. I've been shooting, you know, 17 weddings this month, whatever it might be. Like, it, it's exhausting. So the days you have off, you don't want to just, you just want to lie there and do nothing. You don't want to touch your camera at all. But I think whenever you get the chance, you know, say you're doing, say you're working on uh, an engagement shoot today or you're working on an interview setup later on or you're doing whatever, commercial shoot for a cafe or whatever it might be in the evening. Um, in the morning, since you're already working that day, in the morning, think, okay, can I get a friend of mine? Can I get myself? Can I get, you know, do I want to hire a model or an actor? And get someone in and just try something new. Uh because it'll really kind of, you're already in the mindset of working. It's not like you have a whole day off and you want to just, you know, watch Netflix or whatever you want to do for that day. But if you can actually try and use the spare time you have in between working projects to 
try new stuff and just try to expand your knowledge in some way, then that's great because that will also make sure that you don't get bored of what you're doing. Because if you're doing, like I said, the same thing over and over again, you're going to get bored of it, you're going to get burned out, and then you're going to want to have a much, much longer break. And this is also where the stuff, like I said, having the gear that inspires you to shoot is also really important because, you know, I picked up my old Canon DSLR the other day with my 7200, and it just, it just feels great to shoot with. You know, it's not the most modern camera, it's not the highest resolution camera, it's not anything, but it's just fun to shoot with. And I took one shot and I was like, yeah, I remember this. This is, this is fun. And that kind of stuff, you know, maybe you want to say, okay, I'm going to shoot something with this old camera I haven't used in a while, or I'm going to, you know, uh, do this technique or whatever it might be. Just try and find something to keep your, your work interesting to you. You know, it's not uncommon in the last year, particularly with the pandemic, for people to sit there and think, okay, I'm not enjoying this today, so maybe that means I'm not meant to do it. Maybe I'll just sell all my gear and give up and go home or whatever, become an accountant or something. That's not uncommon. But just because you don't enjoy something every second of your life doesn't mean you're not meant for it. It just means that you might be doing the same thing too much. And you might need to find a way to vary or try something new or just step outside your comfort zone a small bit and see where that takes you. You know, maybe if you shoot uh regular corporate headshots all the time you know maybe try doing character shots maybe try and find a special effects makeup artist who's either just happy to work for you or you can hire or maybe you get a student who's just just out of film school just try to find somebody and think okay i can showcase your amazing special effects makeup and it'll also give me a challenge of how do i now treat this new subject matter it's still portraits it's still the same basic concepts but now it's very different because you're not shooting you know, you're not trying to do beauty lighting, you're not trying to do whatever front page for Vogue or whatever else, you're just trying to light a character. And that will inspire all of your lighting. And this is the same thing for film, you know, try and create a character with a different story. Because, you know, we did a, an exercise in film school where we would take a still frame of a scene, and we would try to figure out what exactly is happening based on the production design, the lighting, the framing, the actor placement, who's where, the composition, all this kind of stuff. And we would try and figure out, without seeing a single other frame of the film or hearing any information about it, we would just try and use that one frame to figure out what's going on. So try and do that. So basically, you know, you don't want to be learning on the job. So you have to try and give yourself as much opportunity outside work hours to learn stuff. But obviously you have to have your own life as well. So like I said, if you have a, a job later on, maybe take a few hours in the morning or an hour or whatever time you have just to try something new. And that'll even, it's amazing how much it'll kind of refresh you, you know? Because if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you kind of get very, mm, doing the same thing over and over again. But as soon as you try something new, you go, oh, that was so cool. That actually looks really good. I have so many ideas now. And it's about, you know, if you have creative courage, you you kind of allow yourself to have ideas. Because um, the worst thing is that if you get stuck in a situation where you think, okay, my my brand or my Instagram or whatever it might be can't doesn't allow me to do this new thing I want to try then you really start to limit yourself and the longer you do that the harder it is to break out of it and it's really it's really important to give yourself the chance to be creative so much of what we do is kind of born from hey I had this idea and I want to kind of try this I'm not sure how I'll do it but I can kind of figure it out I have a bit of an idea you know and it's about trial and error but once you figure out what you're trying to do in your head, you can recreate it. 
if you give yourself an hour to work with somebody, and even if it's just your friend, you know, it doesn't have to be a professional model or anybody like that, just work with your friend or whoever you have available to you and just say, okay, I want to try and light this in a certain way. I have an idea. Let's just take an hour, try and figure it out, okay? Because then if somebody says to you later on, hey, I want you to do this cool, like, underwater kind of thing, or I want you to light this in a certain way, you think, hey, I've done that, or I've done something very similar to that. So now I, you can ca- happily say, I can do that for you. I know how to do it. Whereas if somebody says, hey, I want to do this thing, and you say, okay, I don't don't know, um, probably can't, I wouldn't really be happy taking money if I can't do that, because then if I don't do it right, you'll, whatever, it'll be a bad reputation, and then you might give up the job to somebody else. But it's just, it's fun to take time. I mean, this is all meant to be fun. You know, you shouldn't feel like your job is a burden. You know, it should be a kind of enjoyable process that you can work through. But again, if you get stuck in a rut, it can very much feel like it's it's a drudge. You know, it's kind of like you're just pushing a 10 ton truck up a hill, for example. But once you have time to experiment and to try new stuff, you'll really kind of feel refreshed. And it is a it is a big ask. It's a big kind of pressure to try and do that because everything we're being told and everything we're trying to work with, like online algorithms, social media, just branding, whatever we're trying to do, that all tells you stick to what you're good at. Don't try new things because you might do it wrong, whatever. It kind of installs this fear into you to try new things. But trust me, if you can take the time and if you can try and find the courage to do something new and really give yourself a chance to be creative, it'll be so much better in the, in the long run. And it'll stop, or at least it'll delay or put off uh, any kind of burnout you might experience because you're not doing the same thing over and over again and you're always kind of allowed to have and allowed to indulge ideas you might come up with. All right, guys, that's it. Um, that might have been a wee bit rambly. I don't really know. I have to listen, listen back to it. But I think it's a really important topic is creative courage because so many people can get stuck in the same kind of rut and they don't want to try new things because they, they're afraid it might go wrong or it'll won't get as many likes or it won't get as many views or whatever it might be. It's kind of a dangerous limitation that these things install into you. So I feel like it's really important just to say, do you know what? Screw it. If I fail, it's not a problem because I'm going to give myself a, a, a safe environment where I can fail. You know, it's not like I'm on a job and someone's paying me and I have to do it right now. You have to give yourself the chance to fail because it's really from failure that you learn how to do new things. Nobody learns new stuff from being perfect all the time. So it's really about not being afraid to to fail and not being afraid of what somebody might say about it. You know, you might put up a picture on Instagram and somebody might say, yeah, I prefer your other other stuff though. I prefer your your landscape shots, whatever. This isn't really my thing. Okay, whatever. That's one person out of how many thousands it might be or whatever, you know. That one person, that, those small majorities of people will always sound much, much louder than, you know, the 99% of people who love what you just put up, they'll always sound the loudest, but they're not the majority, okay? And you're always going to have people who are kind of doubting or putting down or whatever the stuff that you're doing. And it's just important to think, okay, you know, this one person said it, 99 other people like it, so I'm going to keep going the way I'm going. As long as it's something that you enjoy doing, go for it. Doesn't matter what somebody else says. Because if you do what you enjoy and you put your, your full self into it, and you, put, you kind of put your full enthusiasm and your full passion into it, people will tell. People will be able to tell that. And people will find the work that they like to see. And if you like what you're doing, you'll put up work people will like to see. So we'll wrap it up there, guys. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. 
I uh, hope you found something interesting in it or some interesting kind of notes to take away. I hope it helped you in some way. So please give us a follow, guys, on whatever platform is your preference for podcasts. And also head over to our Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook pages and give us a follow over there. Our website will be up very, very soon. We're still working on the final things there, but it'll be up very, very soon. And that'll be our nice central hub for all of our content where you can consume it all in one place. All right, guys, that's it for me today. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. I'll see you here in two weeks for the next one. See you then. Thank you.